0: Welcome to Identity Inside Out, Getting ID Right, a special InnovationOz.com podcast series brought to you by SailPoint. The last two years have seen unparalleled forces drive change. The setting of an unprecedented stage for a work-from-anywhere culture, coupled with an equal evolution of digital services and an ever-evolving, sophisticated cyber-threat landscape. The corresponding response to this shift has been a continued focus on complying with the ASD Essential 8 and amendments to the Critical Infrastructure Act, imposing tighter guidelines and increasing cybersecurity requirements. While technology is an enabler, focus is renewed on facilitating change without impact. In this podcast series, we explore the controversies, perils and opportunities that face industry in the midst of change and how the organisations today are going to secure their virtual borders against the attacks of tomorrow.
1: Welcome to Identity Inside and Out, Getting ID Right, an innovationals.com podcast series with SailPoint. In today's episode, National Digital Identity, we're talking to Victor Dominello, the New South Wales Minister for Customer Service and Digital Government, and also Gary Savarino, Identity Strategist at SailPoint, Welcome to both of you. Minister Dominello, thank you for joining us. I'd like to start with you. New South Wales is without doubt you know, an exemplar when it comes to um, identity as being a, playing a central role in your government service delivery and the experience of New South Wales citizens when it comes to accessing government. There's a lot of work that's gone into building this. What, what can you tell us about the journey? And are there are a couple kind of key things that helped it all come together?
2: Yeah, thanks, Corey. The, the journey is not straightforward. The journey is not fast. Uh, and uh, it's taken us in New South Wales, you know, in, in terms of true acceleration, I, I would say the last seven years of, of really hard yards, um, it requires executive sponsorship. You know, I, you know, I had... I was that sponsor inside a cabinet, but I was then in turn given a license uh, from the premiers, Berejiklian and and Heretay, to actually do the deep reform that was required. Uh, And it requires money. Otherwise, it's just rhetoric. Uh, And if you've got those things in play, then you've got a chance at uh, rewiring that very complex uh, system that is government.
1: So is there a point because is there a point when you've got those sort of um, those champions this budget assigned? is there because it is such a, like a long road, is there a point where it starts to pay dividends that people go, "Oh, I see how important this is," that helps, I guess, propel the journey forward? Is there a way you can see early signs? Yeah, the,
2: I think the um, we, we have sort of two flash points for us. The, the first was obviously the metrics that we were getting through service centers. Uh, because yeah you know, instead of going to an old RTA site uh, and sitting in plastic chairs and uh, having a terrible experience for half a day, we completely turned that inside out. Uh, we had a, a great digital uh, uh, ex- experience through the back end as well. Uh, they didn't need to see the monkeyky drive system but we we made sure it was pretty fast so that was the beginning. The second big, Epoch, as it were, uh, was the digital app. So before 2018 19, we had a standard government garden variety app with about 40,000 people on it. Uh, we then said we, we're going to have to really have a world class app to put the uh, digital driver's license, you know, a form of identity document on it. Uh, and uh, after the pandemic, we're now, we've Gone from 40,000 on the app to now 77%. I'll,
1: just, um, I'll come to you in a second, Gary. I just want to go back to one of the things that, sort of, in any discussions around identity, and they've been in this country for a long time in different guises, is the beauty is that when you've got centralized identity, then you can access things easily. But on the same token, you have things that are centralized, and people are concerned about privacy, and there is a big trust exchange. So how how did you tackle that with that seventy seven percent of people on the app as an example? How how was that value exchange and those the typical kind of reservations about you know centralised identity? How do you tackle that?
2: Well, it's a really good question because the the normal trajectory uh, to any digital adoption applied even with the digital driver's license. So we launched it. We did the pilots in eighteen nineteen. Uh, launched it and we rapidly got to about 20 odd percent uh you know the early adopters as you would in, in most cases but uh, then it re- pretty much plateaued a very small crawl slow crawl from about 20 to 24 percent pandemic hit then we required qr codes we used uh, the same platform uh, for dine discover vouchers border passes and the like uh and then we saw a huge uptake after that uh and I think the, the reason that we have seen a, you know, a surge is, A, obviously it was required, but B, uh, the ease of use. So when people find something very easy to use, uh, they'll adopt it. Now, remember, we had a breach in relation to service. Now, got, we, we turned that around, we were transparent about it, we fixed the problem, apologised. I learnt from the mistakes, uh, but the the adoption is still uh, you know moving up, and it goes to show if you've got if you've got that transparency, if you've got that great user experience, you can overcome, in your words, yeah, you, you build that privacy uh, credit as well.
1: Gary, just coming to you, obviously the sort of simplicity and the ease of use. Do you see that with you know with customers and their customers that? reducing friction builds trust.
3: Uh, Absolutely. I think so many parallels uh, that can be compared to the efforts of uh, Minister Dominello to to the private sector as well. Many, many organisations that, um, you know, embarking on and continue to embark on their digital evolution, Um, you know, if you think about what really drives that is uh, we want to simplify, we want to drive a great user experience and we want to deliver that securely as well. Um, I think interestingly, uh, you know, the the stats that that you mentioned, Minister, around the the adoption of of the app, uh, I think at times, uh, you know, necessity drives that adoption as well and I think having that foundation in place uh, you know prior to the pandemic hit uh, hitting, uh, you know, provided uh, New South Wales citizens with an avenue to uh, to interact with uh, with government in an easy, easy way. Uh, I'm a big user of the app. I was probably one of those early adopters of the, the digital driver's license. It's made my life a lot easier. I only carry a mobile phone now. Um, so I kind of don't need to use the wallet anymore. So it makes a lot of sense and it's the way things are, are going. Uh, but, you know, I guess in, in terms of, you know, being able to continue that digital evolution uh, that organizations are seeing, yeah, there's so many things to consider. Security uh, is is absolutely a big part of that as well as you know reducing that friction. Um, and it, there's a journey that people need to be taken on uh, to appreciate uh, ultimately what they're going to get out of that experience.
1: I might just go back. I mean, this is probably this is probably said all the time. But the state and federal, we are one country. I think federal government obviously has different challenges in the sorts of sort of, you know, digital front door and the types of complexity, et cetera. But, you know, when you see such vast differences, I guess, in the way that, say, New South Wales citizens experienced government versus, you know, the journey that my government, there's obviously a task force, you know, at the moment to look at it really critically in terms of being fit for purpose into the future, Without sort of asking you to comment specifically, but are there some easy things that the federal government you know, could be looking at now to start showing a better kind of experience for, for citizens?
2: Is that Gary or me, Corey?
1: That's you, uh, Victor Dominello. Okay. <laughs> so. uh,
2: look, I, I think the federal government uh, are definitely on that journey. Uh, and obviously I've spoken to uh, Minister Shorten and uh, Mr. Gallagher and uh, Mr O'Neill, and uh, it's a, a really good relationship that's uh, you know, forming between us and the feds um, because we realise, you know, New South Wales is definitely ahead, uh, but the feds are, uh, you know, next in the queue, so if we can collaborate together. And, and and the typical example I give is um, wouldn't it be a great experience uh, and, again, a, a trust builder if me as the customer says, look, Victor, I like my driver's license in my service app, but I move around the country all the time. I also want my driver's license in my MyGov app. Or, and, and, and likewise, Mr. Shorten, I would like my Medicare in my service app. The, once we start doing things like that, and because they, as Bill said so eloquently, Australians are not interested in old colonial borders. They just want seamless service delivery. They don't care whether it's the federal, state, local. They just want single-service delivery. And in the digital age, we should be able to provide it. Now, if the feds and us can show what it looks like through a good collaboration, then I would have thought with the feds' leadership, uh, that will then uh, be a great uh, template for other states and territories to quickly adopt.
3: If if I can, I've got some questions. Uh, I guess around that, uh, you know, doing it at the state levels. Um, you know, I guess one thing federally, uh, you know, the the, the challenge becomes, uh, you know, uh, quite a bit bigger in terms of uh, bringing, you know, Australian citizens uh, on board with that with that journey. Uh, I mean, w- w- what are your thoughts around, uh, you know, how do we uh, ensure that there is trust uh, within the citizens for the adoption of a, a you know a federal sort of digital service? Uh, to ensure that, you know, number one, it's going to deliver something that's usable. I, I guess that's the key, uh, and that's one thing about the the New South Wales app is that there is good functionality, uh, people are getting value out of it. Um, and, you know, at a, at, a, at a country level, how do we, you know, bring citizens on that same journey?
2: Well, you're right, Gary. We need to demonstrate use cases. So, for example, with the digital driver's license, you pointed it out immediately, and it was the same use case for me. As soon as I had that digital driver's license on my phone, my wallet stayed at home my my physical wallet stayed at home. I've never used it since uh, and that means I'm not losing this wad of plastic cards um, because now pretty much I put everything up so that's that you know, real world use case. the feds would would need to find something else and and then demonstrate. How this improves your life. Make sure it's easy to use. And more importantly, then start working with industry because it's one thing to go, uh, G to C, but, and, and even G to B. But, you know, where the big value proposition in relation to uh, identity and credential is, is B to B and B to C. That's where there's a huge productivity play for our country. And if the feds can establish that, uh, then, you know, that, but, you know, Australia's world-framed this decade and the one ahead.
1: The, one of the things uh, that uh, is part of some of, I guess, the discussions at a, a federal level, well, actually across any identity, is about including people. We see digital divides everywhere in lots of different ways in terms of access to internet, et cetera, when we start to centralise, you know, identity, how do you, and I've seen some of the New South Wales roadmaps where access and inclusivity are really important. Um, what are the things that we have to can maintain top of mind to make sure that we we can account for every citizen?
2: Well, in New South Wales, Corey, uh it's opt-in. Uh, and that was the same with digital driver's licence. We never said you must have it. Uh, and already, as I said, we've got 77% adoption. And I, I imagine that will probably plateau at around 85%, maybe a little bit higher, because there's always going to be a cohort of the community for whatever reason, whether they, um, not comfortable, not confident, or just don't trust it for whatever reason, will never adopt. So to your point, uh, we always need to have non-digital channels, uh, Guys, those, and, and that's why we got service centres as well. You know, the, my mum is a classic example. Like she will never feel comfortable or confident using a digital driver's licence, so there's always going to have an ability to go to a physical service centre for her to transact. So I think as long as we have that in mind, um, you know, we, we will get to where we need to be. I've got no doubt in the... You know, we'll get to a point in probably a generation, uh, like with the open card, where pretty much there's complete saturation, where you have a universal adoption. But we're in that twilight zone right now. Uh, so I think we're going to have to play on that, particularly in relation to ID and credentialing over the next decade.
1: And And... Gary, this is something I know you and I've talked about as well. When you're talking about culturally and language di- language diversity, you're talking about um, taking, like you say, there's, you know, there's customer service centres account for different languages, et cetera, ha- and replicating that into like digital, all those other things we need to think about. Gary, I mean, that would be the same with you know, customers and partners as well.
3: Yeah. Uh, look, Look, absolutely. I think when we talk about um, you know the adoption of these digital services um, and and minister touched on you know that, that I guess it'll take a generation I guess before we see you know that that saturation potentially around adoption of digital services um, you know the older generations less inclined to uh, to opt into those digital services um, but I think also uh, you know one of the things that that needs to be considered as part of uh, you know digital adoption is looking at you know the 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 I guess, the diverse, uh, you know, population that we have in this country when we look at, you know, names and languages as well. Um, you know, myself, for example, my, my, my legal name is not Gary. I've got a very traditional Italian name. Um, and it's even using, uh, you know... Finding challenges with using uh, you know digital voice services for for name recognition and things like that. So I think it's there's so many boundaries that need to be uh, you know crossed in terms of uh, broad adoption. Even uh, you know uh, names uh, where where people have two 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 names as their first name as well. So just having systems that recognise that. So I think it takes a while, uh, and and, you know it takes a while across the board in order to have you know systems uh, uh, overall mature to the point where we're able to uh, ensure that there is. you know, as much inclusiveness as possible uh, that caters to uh, the specific needs uh, of of citizens as well.
1: Um, Minister, you are um, you're you're finishing up in your role at the next election, but I know that there's sort of very sophisticated plans around identity in place. What will we see from New South Wales in the roadmap for 2023?
2: Oh, it's just so exciting, Corey. i yeah, when people uh, look at uh, service and are happy with the app now, uh, I, I just say to them, like, in my humble opinion, I, I rate the service app right now as being in year eight. Uh, once we get the digital identity and credentialing, then we get into high school. And then by the end of the decade, uh, yeah, we are at university. Like We've we just started the journey because I can see what's uh, in play, uh, whether it's the uh, education wallet, uh, whether it's the uh, health app that we're going to start building out that will again be critical to identity because that needs to be trusted as well. Uh, there are just so many things in play. Uh, and then once you then build out that ecosystem, uh, that's when I, I, I think we get to that truly uh, university Level in terms of the app where it is most ubiquitous in its use and is changeable um, between business to business and business to client in terms of the use. Um, in, in terms of the rollout next year, because we're leading the world on this, uh, you can have a digital identity and there are already a number of products in the market, but to combine both in a decentralized way that is both identity and verifiable credentials in one stop shop that as to our knowledge, not been done before in a decentralized way. Uh, and if we can land that next year, again, we, we lead not just the nation but the world. So the roadmap is um, I, I've got the betas on my phone. I, I should have uh, a strong biometric on my phone and, uh, together with the other people on the pilot uh, by early March. Uh, I've already got cabinet approval to start uh, preparing a bill. Uh, the, in May next year, uh, a draft bill will go for consultation uh, because we've got to get the rules of engagement right uh, because, again, no one's done this before. So we, there's got to be sanctions in place for people that, and serious sanctions for people that, have, uh, you know, failed to adhere to the rules in relation to identity and credentials. Uh, that bill will go for consultation. Uh, following the consultation, that will hopefully go to Cabinet and then by about October next year, we'll have a bill in Parliament. And then at that point, uh, we and and between now and then, we're consulting with the industry in relation to use cases, so that there's early adoption, uh, so that when the bill is passed, uh, we can start rolling it out. So, for example, a classic example, uh, which is a topic at the moment, is uh, renters. They hand out way too much personal information when they apply for rent. You know, arguably, we could work with that industry to say, well, why wouldn't you use digital identity as a way of saying, I'm not going to give you a copy of my driver's license. I'm not going to give you a copy of my passport. I'm not going to give you a copy of my birth certificate. Uh, The New South Wales digital ID is all you're going to get, uh, and that basically prevents you seeing any personal information
3: yeah and, and I guess that's such a big topic there around you know how often um, people are having to uh, you know provide their driver's license for organizations they take copies of it Medicare card passport details as well um, I mean the use cases there will you know will be plentiful uh, to have a single uh, identity verifiable identity that can be provided is going to uh, you know mitigate the need for organizations to store so much personal information uh, about its customers as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's big reform, really big reform that's about to happen next year. And as uh, I think the Mandarin uh, wrote a story about it, mate. I, I I like their analogy. They said that we're uh, we're laying we're pouring the concrete for the foundations before the election. But yeah, before I leave, I'm making sure that we pour the concrete for the foundations. But then um, you know, it's it's the architecture's there, it's just there ready to build.
1: Can I just ask, because, you know, Minister, I think, you know, you've always been very collaborative with industry, government, etc. You know, Gary, in the conversations that you're having, what's happened from New South Wales in terms of, you know, know, identity, etc. Does that help kind of provide context of the conversations you're having with customers, like what good can look like? And it helps kind of pave the pathway in terms of the power of
3: identity, yeah? Yeah, look, a- a- absolutely. Uh, you know, I guess, um, you yeah, know, per, per the work that Minister has been doing with, uh, you know, with digital transformation within uh, New South Wales, I mean, every organisation is on a similar path. Um, you know, again, so many parallels in terms of taking people along the journey, getting executive, you know, endorsement and buy-in to, to the initiatives as well as aligning to use cases as well. Um, you yeah, know, what's happened really with, uh, you know, if we look over the last couple of years with the explosion of, of digital transformation or digital evolution, given uh you know the, the transformed workforce again i guess the one thing that accelerated adoption as well of the app was given that you know I, I guess people needed a way to interact with uh with government services in an easy way um you know very similar within uh you know the private uh, sector today as well uh, and identity is really is the linchpin uh, to ensure that there is security around all those services as well. Um, so much access, so much information that is out there, um, and you know the common theme for a lot of conversations today is number one, um, you know, know where your critical data is, know where your customer data is, and know who, who has access to it. So I'm sure it's it's no different uh, for the minister as well, and and the efforts around the uh, the app and the and, and New South Wales um, customer services. Uh, minister Dominello, you
1: have a huge legacy that you will be leaving and concrete poured from the sounds of it for the next for whatever happens uh, next year which is great we always like concrete being poured um uh, there's a, a you know such great stuff that's been done and I'm sure uh, it, it you know changes the course of the way that digital service delivery you know will happen right across the country and um you know so congratulations for everything that's been achieved oh, thanks, time. so um,
2: team team effort but I'm very proud yeah, of the Yeah but Thank driving
1: you. driving through that's you know Yeah, smashing down doors. It's a really important, important role. So, uh, congratulations, Um, Gary Savarino. Thank you so much. Um, Looking forward to uh, talking to you both again in 2023. But thank you so much.
3: Thanks very much, Corey. And thanks, Minister. Thanks, Gary. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this Identity Inside Out, Getting ID Right podcast, brought to you by SailPoint. For more, keep tuning in to innovationoz.com forward slash podcasts or visit salepoint.com.